The text for our communion meditation is out of the book of Titus. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. Titus chapter 2. This is the word of God. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this, your word. Thank you for our time to meditate on it now. I pray that uh, you would make the words of my mouth faithful to you, to your word, that you would open our hearts to it, that you would bless us through it. Thank you for your son, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I would like this to be a start of a series of meditations on the person and work of Jesus Christ out of this passage. And as we will see, this passage teaches us that Jesus Christ is the manifestation of the grace of God. He is the bringer of salvation. He is the teacher. He is our hope. He is God. He is the God who gave Himself. He is our Redeemer. He is our Purifier. He is the one who owns us. And He is the one who commands us to declare these things. This morning, however, we are simply going to focus on verse 11, and at that, uh, just Jesus Christ as the manifestation of the grace of God. So diving in, Titus 2.11 says this, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Now, we don't have much time, but I don't want to just pluck this clean out of the context of uh, the book or the chapter. So just very quickly, um, in verse 11, Paul says, for, that is the reason for something. Um, In the beginning of chapter 2, Paul says this, but as for you, speaking to Titus, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. And then in verses 2 through 10, uh, he gives various teachings regarding living according to sound doctrine to different kinds of men, men in all sorts of different stations in life. Then he says, for. So this is the reason for living according to sound doctrine. This appearance of the grace of God. Now the first question I would like to ask this text is, what exactly is God's grace? Well, most Bible dictionaries will tell you that the grace of God is His unmerited favor towards sinners. We can see this concept in Romans 3, for instance where Paul says that we are justified by His grace as a free gift. God's grace is also His unmerited compassion towards us who are weak. This concept concept is seen in 2 Corinthians. Paul writes that God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. 
Now, both of these definitions of grace are correct, I think, but as we will see, the grace of God is much, much richer than simply undeserved favor or simply strength for living. Now, the second question I would like to ask is this, what does God's grace do? What is the purpose of God's grace? Well, the text here says that God's purpose in extending His grace towards us is to bring our salvation. Now, a little further in the book of Titus, in chapter 3, starting in verse 4, we read this, but when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now, we could park there for a long time and, and try to digest this, but all I want to say now is, boy, that's good news. That is good news indeed. Praise God that He has extended His grace towards us in Christ Jesus for our salvation. The third question I would like to ask this passage is, what has God's grace done? Paul tells us that it has appeared. What does God's grace, grace do? It brings, or more literally, is bringing salvation. What has God's grace done? It has appeared. Well, how? How has the grace of God appeared? I can tell you how it has not appeared. It has not appeared in the sense that it was not here at one moment, and the next moment it was. Um, God is... The God who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, if that is not the case, we are undone. God's grace, the grace, the concept of grace is not this sort of Old Testament versus New Testament um, juxtaposition. Um, God's grace is found all throughout the Old Testament, and in fact, it's named among one of the very core character attributes of God in Exodus, Exodus 34. I remember when Moses asks, God, who are you? And God passes before him and, and declares his name. What does he say? He says, I am the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Praise the Lord. So no, the grace of God has not appeared in the sense that it was not here at one moment. And the next moment it is here. You see, this word appeared has more the meaning of made apparent or made manifest or made to shine forth. Shine forth how? In the person and work of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1 says this, starting in verse 9, speaking of God, God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. 
but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. You see, you cannot separate the work of God's grace from the person of grace. Now, how does the old, the old hymn go? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you trusting fully in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? You see, God's grace is not just this concept of unmerited favor. It's not just this thing that God gives us as if it were some sort of spiritual currency. No, the full manifestation of the grace of God has appeared, and it has appeared in the person and work of Jesus Christ. It is the grace of God that the Son of God did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but humbled Himself and took on human flesh. It is the grace of God that Christ dwelt among us, having compassion on us, forgiving sins, healing the sick, teaching the slow of heart, freeing the prisoner from the bondage of Satan. It is the grace of God that He willingly offered Himself as the perfect sacrificial lamb, going to the cross and despising its shame. It is the grace of God that Jesus bore the full wrath of the Father against sin for you, such that you are now declared righteous. It is the grace of God that Jesus burst the bands of death, claiming victory over the grave. It is the grace of God that you are now united by faith with Jesus such that you are seated with Him in the heavenlies. It is the grace of God that you have been made heirs of this great promise, having been adopted as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise and the glory of His grace by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved, in Christ Jesus. Now, are you fully trusting in this grace? Or are you trusting in yourself? This grace, what could we possibly add to it? What could we possibly wish to take away from it? Just this grace, this free gift of God, this manifestation of His unmerited favor towards us, revealed to us in the person and work of Jesus Christ. It is this grace alone that brings salvation. May we trust in it with our whole hearts. And now, as we prepare to share a fellowship meal with one another and with the person of grace, let us remember that when we fully trust in the grace of God and we fully trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ, that we are enabled to approach the throne of grace with confidence to receive mercy. Let us now do so in faith. Heavenly Father, thank You that You are a God full 
of grace and compassion. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. Thank you for this reminder of your grace and of your mercy. Help us to accept it now in faith, trusting in nothing else but you, Lord Jesus. I ask in the name of your Son. Amen.